In today's show, we look ahead to players who have either been underperforming or overperforming and see if there's any course correction coming. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. So download the game. Just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app. App on the app? On the app stores. That's what I'm trying to say. Our listeners get a 100% free boat boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On, all caps, in the game. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So again, f- fantasy trade deadlines are done. And if they're not, I don't know what your league is doing. But we are here just to talk about players who have been up over the last couple of weeks, are down over the last couple of weeks, because you're in your playoffs and you're going, what's this thing doing? I think it's better. And I can explain why things might improve or guys who are carrying you where you might be, eh, we might need to make some adjustments here because this is going to drop off. That's the point of this. Warney, what do you think? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, let's look at how we did on this show two weeks ago, and it was pretty bloody good. Wendell Carter Jr. was 194th when I did this show two weeks ago, and I said, yeah, he's going to be better. Well, he's been 22nd since then, so I reckon you've been pretty happy if you uh, had Wendell Carter and you held through some of the struggles. He has been amazing. Now, 22nd has swung too far in the other direction, so if I wanted to include him on the sell high part of this show, I would, but I'm not, but he's going to get worse than that. Terry Rogier was 186th. He's 49th since then. So I guess that dispels a little bit of the rumor that he's really bad when LaMelo Ball is out because he's been pretty solid with LaMelo Ball out here. So that's a positive there. Scotland Barnes, not a big, big jump from Barnsley, but he was 156th last time we did this or two weeks ago when we did this. And since then, he's 102nd. Now we're obviously dealing with Barnes now having some sort of a wrist issue and we don't know how serious that is going to be at this point, but he improved. Brad Beal, he's just one of the biggest oscillators we have. 90th he was, and since then, 21st. He just goes bad, and then he goes awesome, and then he goes bad, and he never can sort of settle in the middle, but he's on a nice little hot streak at the moment. And then we go to Chicago to look at the big fella, Nick Vucevic. It's Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. He was 88th. Since then, he is 20th. It's his efficiency that really swings things so much. He can be wildly inefficient and then unbelievably efficient um, in the space of a couple of weeks, and that changes his overall numbers. In terms of the other side, guys who are overperforming, amazing this, Julius Randle was 12th, and I said, yeah, that he's not going to last. And this is coming off him scoring 57 points yesterday. He's still only 117th over the last two weeks because he's had some real stinkers in there and some real inefficiency issues, which is always going to be Randall's issue. Zach Levine, well, not that big for Levine here. He was um, 14th. He's only fallen to 19th, so the hot streak continues for Levine. I still think that some of his shooting stuff is going to fall away, but he hasn't really dropped off. Clay Thompson was 23rd. He's fallen back to 56th with Steph Curry returning. That's not that huge of a surprise. Clay was shooting unbelievably and seeing more usage without Steph, and that was tying into some big numbers. Al Horford, 
obviously was going to drop off. He was shooting like 65% from three. He was 38th. He's still playing really well down to 71st, um, but that's clearly a drop off. And now we get to see the reintegration of Rob Williams. And if there's any impact there on Al, it might be one to two minutes away from Al. That's probably the only impact there. And the other one, which remember when uh, Emmanuel quickly got made the favorite for sixth man of the year because he started a couple of games and um, played really well. He was 40th. 40th when we did this last time, 150th since then. I repeat, when Brunson is out, he's a great option. When Brunson is in, he's very much a fringe 12-team league player because he just doesn't get enough minutes or usage. And we're seeing that consistently. 150th is totally okay, but it's not like a must-roster sort of a scenario, which some people have thought. Now, I haven't talked about this yet. I might as well just talk about it now, just get it quickly. And Carl Anthony Towns is the big news of the day because it looks like he might return on Wednesday. Does that mean you drop Kyle Anderson? Probably not yet, because I think Towns is going to be pretty limited when he returns. Um, we can make that adjustment, but I wouldn't do it until after we actually see Towns play and what the minutes look like. If Towns comes out and plays 28 minutes and Anderson plays 22, then yeah, we drop him, right? But I think that Towns is going to play like 20 minutes initially, and Anderson will still play 28 or 30 minutes um, and still be pretty useful. So I think we still hold on to Kyle Anderson. Obviously, we go and grab Towns. But I think you might be a bit disappointed. But you can't really leave him on the wire, which is a conundrum in the fantasy playoffs because you want to preserve your ads and get guys who are great. But Towns might be great. He might be a second-round guy when he ramps back up. But he also might be the 110th best player for the rest of this week or for the next two weeks as they ramp him back up, which is a concern in terms of making that move. I think I still would take the risk and do it. But I, uh, I'm not absolutely not convinced on it. I, I could easily see in a sit, like in a roto league, very easy. You just sit him on your bench. You don't worry about it. In a head-to-head league, though, like he's going to sit back to backs. He's going to be limited, and he might, he might actually from here on out. This would be something interesting to track, which I'll probably forget to do. But you guys can track it from here on out. Who is the better fantasy ranked player, Towns or Kyle Anderson? I'll be very, very intrigued to see that. But that is probably the big news of the day that Kyle Anthony Towns is getting ready to return very, very soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. I know that you guys have dreamed of becoming NBA GMs. I see it because you throw fantasy trades around all the time. Well, this is a game that is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making those draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. This is a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Fantasy Basketball listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game, just go to probasketballgm.com, scan the code that's on your screen, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Let's um, let's look at the buy lows. Or, yeah, we're not talking buy low necessarily. Uh, we're talking about guys who are underperforming, and we've got to go to Atlanta first off and look at DeJounte Murray, who is struggling at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Is it a Quinn Snyder thing? I, I don't think so, but there is obviously an adjustment period here. He's averaging just 34 fantasy points compared to over 39 for the season. He's 181st in category leagues over the last two weeks versus uh, and 64th in points leagues. Both of those numbers are bad. What is happening? Is it Snyder? Is it usage? Well, a little bit. His usage is down from 24.6 to 22.6. But that's not really what it is. It's just that he can't shoot. And he's not a good shooter. Now, I have been notoriously down on Murray as a player and as a fantasy asset this season. 
notorious. I don't know if it's notorious. I'm not sure that I'm getting you know, mentioned in the uh, uh, many things. Oh, look at Josh. He absolutely hates DeJounte Murray. I don't think that's the case, but I think you're well aware that I'm not as big of a fan of DeJounte as others are. But in saying that, he is not this bad. He is shooting 72% from the line. Nothing to do with Quinn Snyder. That's down from 83% for the season. Again, nothing to do with Quinn Snyder. Now, I could, I guess, make the argument that maybe the 83% is above water for him because he's been at 79 last year, 79 the year before that, 79 the year before that. But still, 72 is too low. But these other two are absolutely insane. 15% is shooting from three. He's not a good three-point shooter, but he's not 15%. He's hitting 35% for the seasons. That is an absolutely gigantic change. And his two-pointers are down from 50 to 40. This is the easy stuff. Now, last season, he was at 50. The year before, 49. The year before, 48. So he's around a 50% two-point shooter. He's just in a gigantic slump. Cannot hit shots anywhere. And that, of course, drops his scoring from 20 a game down to 15 a game. His assists and rebounds are exactly the same. His steals are actually up. He just can't hit anything. Really simple change to what he's able to do. Hit some shots. And I think it'll come. We go to Portland next. Anthony Simons is 169th in the last two weeks, 109th in points leagues. There is a real risk of players like Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant being shut down here in Portland. I'm not sure that Simons fits into that same bucket, but what he is doing at the moment is not great. And you would hope that in a situation where Jeremy Grant is out, he would be able to ramp it up because I have always had issues with Simons as an option in situations where Lillard plays or where Grant's there and as a third option because he doesn't do enough in other areas. And I think that's been close enough to being borne out this season. He's been a little bit better than I anticipated. I think I had him around 90th and he ends up at least 80th at the moment. So it's not that far off. But at the moment, he's struggling. I'm averaging 28.8 fantasy points versus 31 for the season. So what's actually happening? His usage is up from 25 to 27 and a half. Okay, that's without Jeremy Grant, it's up. But also, and we see this with a lot of these players, inexplicably, can't hit free throws. 89 down to 74. Like you can rely upon Anthony Simons to be good at free throws, except now when you can't. I don't know why that is. I can't explain it. And I don't expect it to hold. He was at 89 last season. He's at 89 this season. And now over the last five games, he's at 74. Okay, that's got to come up. And this is not a guy who is a good rebounder. He's averaging 2.6 for the season. But he's averaging 1.6 over the last five. And it is a difference. Same as he's not a good steals guy. But 0.7 steals versus 0.4 steals is a difference. It's almost double. And when they are things that just contribute to the overall negatives that you provide, he might give you two steals a week versus now he's giving you one steal a week. Again, it's not that big of a deal. But you, how many of your guys' matchups got decided, man, I lost my matchup by one steal. I lost by three rebounds. I lost by one percentage point on free throws. And that's what Simons is doing. All those little things, which again, we're not expecting big things from him. Get me three rebounds in 30 minutes, my guy. Not 1.6. That's not that hard to do. And it overall impacts a lot of what he does. He's still averaging 21 points a game. He's still averaging three threes a game. It's just the other little little bits and pieces. And when they aren't big to begin with, any little hit you cop there is going to drop down your overall value. Let's go to Memphis, where another very good free throw shooter has decided that he can't do it anymore. And that's Desmond Bain, who's 107th over the last two weeks. He's 75th in points leagues. He's averaging 33 fantasy points versus 35 and a half for the season. So it's two and a half points down. It's not a huge deal, but it is enough. But in category leagues, he's really hurting. 
Because this is a guy who's a top 50 player this season in category leagues. And over the last two weeks, he's decided, nah, why would I want to be good? I'll just be bad. So what's happening? Well, he can't hit threes. This is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, hitting 40% of them. And he's just decided, well, I'm going to go at 29.8 over the last eight games. And to be honest, he has really fallen off. And that's wild to say for a guy shooting 40%. But over the last 25 games, he's hitting 36.6%, which is thoroughly average. Absolutely average. Over the last 37 games, he's hitting 38%. Above average, but it's not elite. And I talk about this a lot when I do projections. I find it really, really hard to project players to reproduce outlier stuff. I am never going to go in with players, unless it's like Luke Kennard, and say, you are going to be a 44% three-point shooter. I can project you at 40. I can project you at 40 and a half. But projecting you at unbelievable high levels is just impossible to do. I'm not going to project you to be a 93% free throw shooter. I'm not going to project you to be a 2.4 steals per game player. That stuff is, I'll project you high, but not at that outlier level. And when your value from the season before is baked into shooting at such elite levels that even a small drop off, he's still 40% from three. You fall off from that though and everything falls to shit. He's 2.83s made a game, but down to 1.8. Big difference. And, oh yeah, all of a sudden he can't hit free throws, down from 89 to 78. So Bain's value is really coming through threes and free throws. And both of those things are well down. Therefore, he's dropped like 60 ranking spots. If you have faith in Bain being a good shooter, they'll come back up. But that's really what it is for him at the moment. That's it's just shooting. Let's talk about another shooter who can't shoot. Darius Garland. Really bad time. Fantasy playoffs for all these guys to forget what they're doing. Garland's 97th over the last two weeks in category leagues, 57th in points leagues. He's averaging 35.6 fantasy points versus 38. Again, three-point difference. So what's actually going on in if we break down the numbers? Because if you play fantasy points, it becomes easy to look at numbers. I go, well, look, this guy's averaging this amount of points, and he was averaging this amount of points. But don't get sucked in if you're in a fantasy points league by just looking at fantasy points. Understand why. Where are, why are they at those numbers? Why have they dropped? Why have they risen? I think there is value for people playing in, in points leagues to pay attention to rankings in category leagues and to look at the individual categories. Much like I think it's as important for people playing in category leagues to look at their fantasy points value because often the fantasy points value will insulate you from a lot of percentage swings. It won't. It will show when someone's like Giannis, who is like, oh, Giannis is actually the 120th best player, Josh. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. It's probably a seventh round player. He's actually 120th and he hurts all your teams and you never make the playoffs, so you have Giannis. Um, but if you look at his fantasy points numbers, he's third because that that fantasy points number ties into head-to-head in terms of punting a lot more. So I think looking at both formats can actually benefit you quite a bit. Side note, Darius Garland's numbers at the moment are down, clearly. He's a good assist guy. He's down to 6.8. And I haven't even included that on that graphic. He's down from 8 to 6.8. It's a big difference. He's still playing 36 minutes a night. He's still shooting 46 from the field, even though 47 is what his number is. But overall, everything is just down. The three-pointers are down a lot. They're down heaps from 42 down to 28. That hurts. That takes his his three-pointers made down from 2.6 to 1.8. It hurts. It's a big drop. He goes from a positive to being thoroughly average in three-pointers. But all of his shooting numbers are just down. His true shooting for the season is 60. Over the last two weeks, it's 56. And you might say true shooting is not a category in my league, Josh, and I understand that. that that's true. It's not in most of your leagues. But he's just down 10 percentage points. On, well, he's down 14 percentage points on his um, threes. He's down um, 4 percentage points on his free throws. His two-pointers are actually up, 
but his overall efficiency is down. And that's hurting you with your field goal percentage being down and your free throws being down, your three-pointers being down, and then also your steals are down from 1.3 to 0.8. All of those things tie in really, really easily. Garland's like a top 35 player this season, and he's giving you barely top 100 numbers just because the shot's a little bit off, the steals aren't there, and that's it. Just a couple of things that need to change to get his numbers back. Darren Fox is also a little bit down. It's not major. It's not major. But Fox has been a guy who's been a solid top 50, top 40 players. Actually, 36th for the season. But recently, 61st in category leagues, 30th in points leagues. Now, his fantasy points numbers are the same. 41.7 versus 41.8. Again, it's why if you're in a category league, you can look at that and go, maybe I shouldn't be too worried. I shouldn't be too worried. There's just a couple of things happening here. And it is just honestly... If you get tied up in rankings and player raiders and all that stuff, you will be looking at that and going, oh, Fox is disappointing. It's really two things here. His assists are down from 6.2 to 5.1. One assist a game. Yeah, that's a little bit annoying, right? That's fine. But he's dropped 20 percentage points on his free throws. 77% down to 57%. 77% is borderline. It's with average. It's, doesn't, it's not a boost. It's not a hit. But you go 57% on five attempts per game, well, that almost makes you a punt guy in that category. And that's exactly where Fox has been over the last two weeks. 57%. He's actually 66% over the last month from the line. But 57% on five attempts is a punt guy. And that has that is why he's down to 61st. Otherwise, he'd be 30th. That's That's it. That's all that's changing. And that's sort of reflected in the fact that his fantasy points haven't changed that much. But his free throws which again, he's making on, on the season, he is making 4.8 free throws a game. Over the last seven games, he's making three. So that's 1.8 extra points. And he's making that up in some other areas because he's hitting his threes at a better rate, 43% from three. So overall, as I said, his fantasy points, they're the same. But in category leagues, you are getting a massive hit in free throws and that's dropping him down. And that is all it is, nothing more. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers drained. If we go across to FanDuel now, have a look at some first basket bets we could have a look today. Um, What's this? Wizards and Magic method of first basket. You can do dunks, free throws, layups, or others for different players. We can look at a Bradley Beal three-pointer in Wizards and Magic is plus 3,500. That is an exotic bet. A Corey Kispert dunk is plus 17,000. Don't think that's happening, but if it did, hmm, it would pay off well. FanDuel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanjul.com slash locked on. That's fanjul.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the sell highs. This one, he's on the thumbnail. You've been waiting for it. Brooke Lopez is absolutely dominating at the moment, but it is not going to last. And I can 100% assure you that it will not last. And I know that Brooke Lopez has been a sell high plenty of times this year, and he has surprised us. He's also had some pretty big sort of wild swings of being top 20 and then 100th and all over the place. He's 38th for the season in category leagues, but over the last two weeks, he's third. Let it sink in, third. He's eighth in points leagues. He's averaging almost 48 fantasy points per game. 
versus 33 for the season. So what has actually happened here? Well, a, a few things. His usage is up for some reason. Twenty, And that's with everyone back. Giannis, Middleton, Drew. Yes, they've missed a couple of games here or there. But 23 usage. Actually, he's been at 21 usage over the last 25 games. So that's maybe something that's continuing a bit. But he's at 19 for the season, 23 over the last two weeks. So there's there's an interesting factor. This is a guy who blocked a million shots this season. Well, he was blocking everything. But you know he's only averaging 2.5 blocks. And over the last six games, he's at 3.8. So there you go. That's that's what's bringing him up. But is it just that? No, no, no. It's not just that. It's a lot of other stuff as well. He's at 73% on two-pointers. Brooke Lopez, last season, hit 54% of his, of his um, twos. He's hitting 63 this season, which is a big enough jump. And now he's just gone, all right, we're going to go even bigger. 73%. He does not miss. He is not missing. He's also six percentage points higher on his free throws. So his blocks, he's taken them up 50%. He's hitting an extra 10 percentage points on his twos. He's hitting an extra five percentage points on his free throws. He's getting an extra rebound per game, and he's scoring eight more points per game. It's just not going to be able to hold. It's not. Yes, he'll have a little few little flashes here, and maybe the usage sticks at over 20. But all this other stuff is not going to hold long-term. So it's been great. I hope you've loved having Brook Lopez. Just, I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, but he's not going to be this good. It is going to fall away. How far, I don't know. Maybe he'll be 60th from here on out. Maybe he'll be 80th. Maybe he'll be 40th. He won't be third. I feel really good about saying that. Not because I don't like Brook, because I love him. But just in terms of prognostication. Let's go to Toronto. If I could find the sound, I would go there. But what about Scarps? Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Yeah, OG Ananobi. Um, they had that really bad schedule a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, okay, maybe he's got to be droppable. He's really struggling since then. But I do think he's going to be able to improve. But yeah, maybe maybe you consider moving on if you need more games in. Well, he has been literally the best shooter in the NBA since then. Well, not enough. It's literally, but pretty close to it. 15th in category leagues, 79th in points leagues. He's averaging 32 fantasy points versus 31.6. So as you will notice, in a points league, he actually hasn't been that different. He's sort of producing his usual stuff. In a category league, well, it's insane. He's hitting 64% of his threes over the last six games. He's also hitting 78% of his twos. He has a true shooting of 88%. Oh, yeah. Also hasn't missed a single free throw over the last six games. 88% true shooting. He's at 58 for the season, which is good, but it's league average. He is 30 percentage points higher. So that means he's averaging almost five extra points per game. He's hitting an extra one and a half threes per game. Everything else is about the same. One assist, three rebounds, two steals. But he's going 71 from the field, 100 from the line, which we know in a category league jumps you 30, 40 spots immediately. He has turned into the most insane shooter of all time over this little period of time, and it will not stick. There was a stage there where he came back and he shot 39, 29, 43, 46, 56, 18, 43. Oh, this is bad. And that's basically the time I said, yeah, look, look, that's bad. If you don't want to hold it, I get it. And then he went 64, 86, 71, 67, 67, 67 from the field. That's an insane hot streak. It is going to cool. And I think it's going to cool really badly. I love OG, but this is not sticking. It's just not. Let's go to Cleveland. Yep. Karis Levert is 30th in category leagues over the last two weeks. 
67th in points leagues. He's averaging 34 fantasy points versus 25 for the season. It has really helped him that Jarrett Allen has been out, but he's done the thing. He's done the thing where Jarrett Allen being out has helped him get more minutes. And then he said, all right, cool. I'm also going to be one of the most efficient players in the t- in the NBA when I am one of the worst, usually. He's hitting 49% of his threes over the last two weeks. That's in six games, 49%. He's a 38% three-point shooter, which for Karis LeVert is actually really good. He was at 32 last year, 32 the year before that. He's not a good three-point shooter, but he's been strong this season. But this is another level of strong. This is 49%. This is something that's not real. He's also averaging 2.2 steals. You know what he averages for the season? One. One steal. So in an extra one minute a game, he has over doubled his steal rate. Do we think that's fake? Yeah, we do. He's also an inefficient two-point shooter who's at 46% for the season. And he's just gone, all right, let's go. I'm at 59% over the last six games. So not only, uh, look, so he again, he's true shooting. 53, dreadful. 68, amazing. That's the difference. So he's getting this extra one minute per game. His usage hasn't really changed. He said, I'm going to become a great shooter. I'm going to get every steal in the world. And therefore, my numbers are through the roof. I don't really have confidence in that maintaining at all. I don't think it's going to. I don't think there's really any chance that it's going to maintain at that sort of a level. But he is for now. It's just that when that drop-off comes is when what we don't know. How long is he going to be able to persist by doing that? And then when Jared Allen does return, does he go back and play 27 minutes a night and suffer a drop in those other stats? I would say probably pretty likely. Let's look at Mike Conley now. A couple of things with Conley, as we talked about with Towns. Towns returning is going to have an impact on Conley. Edwards, when he returns, will have an impact on Conley as well, just in terms of usage. But Conley's also doing some other stuff, which is irrespective of those players' absences. He's 44th over the last two weeks, which is great if you've got Mike Conley, because he struggled for a big chunk of this season. Although in saying that, he's 76th over the last three months, 61st over the last two months. 54th over the last month. So he's actually been really good. But he just keeps stepping it up. 85th in points, he's averaging 32 fantasy points. So what's happening? Well, 44% from three. Okay, well, that's our number one thing. It's never tracked in fantasy leagues, which again, I think is a failure in fantasy leagues. The three-point percentage is one of the most important things in the NBA, but it's not a category we track. Field goal percentage is one of the most outdated stats in the NBA, yet it's a standard in fantasy leagues. I hate it. It shouldn't be. And I will campaign forever and leagues will never change it which is fine. 44% from three versus 38 for the season. That's a big difference. He's also decided, well, he's going to be, um, he's going to not miss from the free throw line. And this is not even a recent phenomenon. He's at 84 for the season, but he's at 91% of his last 31 games. He's at 94% of his last 12 games. He's at 92% of his last seven games. Can't miss free throws anymore, apparently. And he's gone back to old Mike Conley, who used to average two steals per game. He's at 1.1 this season. He was at 1.3 last season, 1.4 the year before that. 0.8 the year before that. Now he's at 1.6 over the last seven games. So some of it is the absence of Towns and Edwards with a slight bump in usage, like a one percentage point bump, not that big. It's mainly just, well, I'm getting more steals and efficiencies through the roof. He's five percentage points better in field goals. 47 versus 42. Conley was at 43 last year, 44 the year before that, 41 the year before that. I think I know where it's going to settle back to. And we'll go to his former teammate. Was he a former teammate? No, he wasn't. Yes, he was for a little bit this season. What am I talking about? Conley was traded during the season. It is the big fella, Kelly Linux, someone that I've banged on and on and on about, telling you guys that he's a must-roster player all season. Fair enough. He's the 76th ranked player. I think that necessitates must-rostering. 
He's also on a hot streak. He's 58th in category leagues over this time, 95th in points leagues, averaging 30 fantasy points versus 26. Points leagues, he's not as much of a must roster. So how is Khalil and Nick doing this? And I actually, for him, I actually fear him missing some games here down the stretch. He's hitting 63% of his twos. That's pretty high. He's at 57 for the season. He was at 53 last season. He has had some good two-point seasons in the past. That one in Houston where we all know he was amazing for fantasy leagues. In the playoffs, he hit 64% of his, of his twos. But he's well above what he's been doing. And also, like the guys who are opposite to the guys like Bain and Simons who are 90% free throw shooters who have dropped off, Atlanta's gone, all right, let's just go hard here. He's at 94% from the line. He's at 85 for the season. He is a solid free throw shooter. Maybe we don't expect 84, 85 every night, but I know we're not going to project him at 94, and that's where he currently is. He's also bumped his assist from 3.4 to 5.2. Is that because Colin Sexton's out? Not that he's a good passer necessarily. Maybe it's because Mike Conley's gone and they will continue to run things through Olenek. That's a possibility that Kelly Olenek can continue to be a good assist guy and they run things through him. But my other fear here with Olenek is he's just not going to play. Is they're going to sit him down um, through fake injuries and back soreness and ankle soreness or some shit down the stretch here. That they're going to try and find a way, as I've said many times, for Oshai Baji to start every game. Whether that's through Clarkson, Markinen, or Olenek sitting. I don't know, but there's a possibility, I think, for him to lose quite a bit of value here. He's rolling at the moment. We definitely want him on our teams without any question whatsoever. Don't need to don't need to debate that. But I do think that there is somewhat of a risk of um, a reduction in playing time for Linux and a reduction in games played, more importantly, as well as tied into some of these other stats, which are uh, pretty impressive at the moment for Cali. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.